This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed uh, worship today. Um, We're excited about this new series we're about to jump into called The Gray Areas. You're probably wondering what does that mean and where we headed with that. Um, Well, you'll discover that a little bit today and throughout the month. But the main goal for this message is to uh, just decipher according to the Word of God um, what is absolute truth. What is what are the absolutes, and then what are the gray areas in this life? There are gray areas. There are things that really don't carry as much weight as truth and they're kind of gray and there are things that are absolute truth that we don't leave any room for um, any gray areas because it's the truth and so um, as we dive into this today I want to pray but really what we're going to talk about today is about something that there ought not to be any gray area in this particular Um, subject we're going to talk about and really lay a foundation because we're going to talk about some real sensitive issues this month, some things that are kind of hot buttons in culture and society, and what does the Word of God say about them. But um, really today, though, we want to lay a foundation of something that we should leave no room for gray areas, and uh, this is um, the focus for today which is the love of God, okay? So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. With respect to the gray areas, the love of God, there's no gray area there. God's love for us and how we ought to love people. So here we go. Let me pray, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. Uh, We thank you for your Word. We thank you, Father, for... uh, revelation and uh, the Spirit of God speaking to people. And I pray that today that we, Father, have a more full picture and a more accurate um, understanding of the love of God for us and the love of God that is to flow through us to other people. And so that's my prayer today, Father, for everybody joining in today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. All right, here we go. I'm just going to really lay a foundation here of God's love for us here um, this morning. And so if you want to turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, powerful verse on love, says a lot, and really tells us God's heart for us and his love for us. All right, so here we go. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, it reads, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. All right? There it is. Um, God's love, no gray areas there. It's everlasting. It's eternal. It's unending. It, it, It can't be earned. It can't be worked for. It just is, okay? God is love. And he loves you. It's it's unconditional. 
It has nothing to do with performance. It has nothing to do with what you have done, haven't done, will do, won't do. It is just who God is, right? God is love. So when we are going to talk about the gray areas this month, I just wanted to start out with something that there's no gray area here, right? This is this is who God is. Um, the Bible says with him, there is no variance or shadow of turning. Uh, there, there's no, there, he is light. He is love. There is, he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has always loved us. He is loving us, and he always will love us. Okay, now this is all over the Bible. This, there's so much in the word of God concerning this. I'm just going to share a handful of scriptures um, just about laying the foundation here. Because as we go into some gray areas of things, and, and, and some of the things um, in society and even in the church that we have called truth, um, and, and it's not. Or, or we have called, we've said certain things are kind of gray. It's not, you know, quite clear. No. And the Bible, the Word of God is very clear about, about it. And so, but as we kind of go into these things, some of these things are going to be very sensitive. They're going to, uh, they're going to challenge us a bit, um, according to the Word of God. And so, but before we get into that this month, I just want to lay a foundation that this is something we should never waver from. We should never um, just push to the side. The ultimate goal um, for for God toward us in Christ, his heart is love for us, for all humanity. And that ought to be our goal in even touching on touchy issues as we're going to do this month and just make sure that the love of God is paramount. The love of God is center to what we're doing. The love of God is the goal. The love of God is the reason. The love of God is the why behind anything and everything we do as God's people and as his church, okay? So once again, let me read that again. The Lord, uh, Jeremiah 31 verse 3, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you, all right? And so when we question God's love for us, and or we question God's love for some person or people group or whatever, when, when, when we begin to question that, we are literally questioning God himself because God is love. This is something he has always been, he is and will always be. You know, the Bible says in um, 1 Corinthians that these three remain, right? Faith, hope, and love. But what? The greatest of these is love. This is something we cannot um, w waver from or or, or or get our mission, our vision, our purpose for life twisted and, 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 and be about something else that isn't the love of God. And this, it happens. This does happen. 
Um, and, and, and this is something we don't want to move from. So here's my first point is God's love is unending. God's love is unending. Hallelujah. All right. One, one more verse here. First uh, John 4, 9. First John chapter 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. Dark, sinful world. God sent his son. Why? Because he loves us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. Hallelujah. That we might live through him. God sent his son to die for us. And and this is the love of God manifested. That this shows us how much he loves this world. How much he loves every person in this world regardless of what they deal with, regardless of what they're living in, regardless of the sin they're in, God loves us so much. He showed it. He manifested. This is the love of God manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Once again, God's love is unending. Um, and this is so powerful that we might live through him. Why? Love is so powerful. Love just isn't some ooey-gooey thing. Love, love is solid. There's no gray areas in love. Love is not emotion. Love is not feelings. Um, those things are involved at times, but that's not what love is. Love is God. Love is who God is. Love is who Jesus is. All right? It's just how he does things. It is it, every every effort to, um, every 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 plan, everything God has ever done throughout history has always been love. Love has always been the focus. Christ came because he loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is the power of love right here. This is why love is so powerful, why it is so solid, why it, it is so concrete that it positions us it changes our condition. It changes uh, our future. It changes purpose. It changes outcomes. Love is so powerful. Love transforms. Love lifts us out of sin. Love washes away our sin. Love, love, love empowers us when the Holy Spirit, um, love, love, love positions us in Christ. Okay. What well, he said, it says this in first John 4 9, right? That the love of God is manifested. He sent his son, his love toward us. Send his only begotten son. Why? So that we might live through him. It changes our position. We were once dead in trespasses and sins. Christ died for us. That's the love of God. It positions us. It positions us in Christ. It enables us to live in Christ and for Christ to live in us. It changes everything. Love changes everything. God's love positions us and solidifies us in our Christ identity, okay? And this is the this this is where we're headed here today when it comes to the love of God, is that love, God's love for us in Christ has everything to do with our identity, our true identity. And so when we are gonna venture into some issues this month and really talk about them, 
Um, the devil would love to take something that is true about who you are, how God created you, um, his, his intention for your life, to live free from sin, whatever sin it is. And he would love to distort that, to twist that, and for us to, to take on something that is not the truth and say, oh, it's my identity. It's who I am. It's, it's, it's how I was raised or it's, excuse me, it's how I was taught. It's how, you know, that, that the devil would love for us to take a lie and to own it as our identity, to take a lie of insecurity, to take a lie of perversion, to take a lie of some sin and say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's who I am. And no, the Bible says that God sent his son into the world to forgive us of our sins, to wash us of our sins, to change our position in the spirit as sons and daughters of God, washed, cleansed, to declare us saints, that we can live a holy and a pure life free from sin. That is the love of God. The love of God changes us and positions us in our God-given identity. Hallelujah. First John chapter four. Let's look at verse 10 now. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Somebody say, God loved us. Say it with me. Say, God loves us. <coughs> Excuse me. Say, God loves us. He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He cha love changes identity. It positions in the right identity, the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? That means, what does propitiation mean? Everybody say that with me. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty big Bible word there for us today. But say that with me. Say propitiation. I, I can almost guarantee some of y'all didn't say it right. Because <laughs> I have to say it slow to say it right. Everybody say that with me. Say propitiation. All right. So it says here, I'm going to read it again. And I'm going to give you the definition of the word propitiation. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is what propitiation means. We're talking about the love of God today. We're talking about the love of God and how much it has to do with our identity. When we question the love of God, we will stray from our true given identity. Our identity is wrapped up in God and his love for us. Identity has everything to do with value and the value that, that, that God has placed on us. Our identity has everything to do with his love for us and nothing to do with our performance for him. <clears throat> we, we, we do work for God and we do do things for God, yes, but it has nothing to do with our identity. The basis of our identity, the basis of who you are, has everything to do with God's value of you in Christ. Jesus came to die for you. You are worth dying for. And when we receive him, he positions us in our identity in Christ, that we are loved by God. We are, we are accepted in the beloved. We are positioned in him. We are complete in him. We are victorious in him. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. The devil is under our feet. We are not victims of sin. We are not victims of circumstance. We are not victims of this world, but we are victors in Christ. We are saints. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. 
sin. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. We are being led by the Spirit. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are walking through this earth with God's unending, everlasting love drawing us to himself. We are eternally and absolutely valued by the creator of the universe. Somebody needs to say amen. When we talk about gray areas, the love of God isn't in no gray area. It is absolute. It is concrete. It is solid. It is the foundation of our identity. And when we get this settled, when we fight for this truth in our lives, Hallelujah. The devil can't deceive us or pull us into some some sinful garbage, the spirit of the world or whatever it is out there that is unclean, impure, unholy. I tell you what, when we position ourselves and receive the absolute love of God in Christ, his grace and mercy and and the 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 surpassing riches of this love, the breadth, the height, the depth, the width of the love of God in Christ. I am telling you that we will not be moved. Somebody say amen with me today. Hallelujah. But went back to propitiation. Propitiation. It means Christ's atoning blood that appeases God's wrath on all confessed sin. The propitiation for our sins means that what Jesus did on the cross, it appeased the wrath of the Father so that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, that we are forgiven, we are cleansed, and we are washed. Somebody say, God loves me. Say it again. Say, God loves me. Okay, here it is. Here's my next point. God's love stabilizes us. It is the propitiation for our sins. It stabilizes us, folks, that we can walk in him. We are stabilized by the love of God, the unending love of God. Hallelujah. Here, let's go to another verse here. Ephesians chapter four, verse four. I'm gonna read verse four and five. Ephesians four, verses four and five. But God who is rich in mercy. Somebody say rich in mercy. Somebody say there's, there's, there's a lot of mercy available to us today. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, great love, great love, not just a little bit of love, not just a little bit, of, not just a little dabble do ya, not just a little bit of love, not just a little bit, just try to get you by, but no, his great love with which he loved us. God loves us. God loves us. This is the foundation. This is the foundation. This is the foundation of our existence, of our life, of our identity, of our purpose, of of anything and everything we ever achieve or do in life. The love of God is the foundation. Because of his great love with which he loved us, because of his great love with which he loved us, because of his great love with which he loved us. Verse five, even when, even when we were dead, even when we were dead in trespasses. I'm telling you right now, sin is a killer, sin kills, trespasses kill. The devil desires to destroy our lives with sin, right? Isn't that the truth? But praise God for the great love of God toward us. 
in that when we were still dead in our trespasses, I'm telling you, there's nothing cute about sin. There's nothing cute about the spirit of this world. There's nothing cute, nothing fancy, nothing. Um, there might be something that's tempting about it, but I'm telling you right now, the outcome of sin is always death. The wages of sin is death. Sin kills us. Sin will produce death. It'll produce death in this life and it will produce eternal death. But thank God for Jesus that the love of God toward us. We can confess our sin. We can forsake our sin. We can leave sin. We can be washed of sin. I'm telling you right now, there is no gray areas in the love of God. The love of God in Christ will destroy the power of death, hell, and the grave and every sin that you've ever struggled with, ever fought with, or ever been vexed by. Hallelujah. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. Hallelujah. Somebody say, somebody say love, God's love stabilizes us. It says, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. When we rest in God's love for us, it gives us certainty, confidence, and a sure foundation. When we rest in God's love for us, it gives us certainty, confidence, and a sure foundation. Identity, here we go, must be placed in Christ and his unending love for us. My next point, God's love properly positions us. God's love properly positions us. All right, that's what it does, okay? Made us, when we're dead in trespasses, says, made us alive together with Christ. Made us alive together with Christ. That when we were baptized with him, all right, it, it, through through baptism, he, he was baptized in into the center of the earth. He was raised again by the spirit of holiness. When we, when we forsake our sin, when we repent of our sin, we die to that old way of life and he makes us alive again that we might walk in newness of life. We lay aside the old man, we put on the new man. We lay aside the old nature, we put on Jesus Christ. He positions us. Hallelujah. God's love properly positions us. God's love just isn't some feel-good thing. God's love changes our condition, changes our position, and it, it, it literally changes our nature. Hallelujah. That's the love of God in Christ. Hallelujah. I am a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Position change. I was a son of disobedience, and now I am a slave of righteousness. Somebody say position change. Hallelujah. I was dead in my trespasses and sins, and now I'm walking in newness of life. Somebody say position change. Hallelujah. I was a son of the devil. Come on now. He, I was serving his ways, what he wanted me to do. I, I was, I was serving sin, a slave of sin. And through Christ, forgiveness, repentance, the washing of the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I am now a son of God. I am now a representative of Christ. Come on, somebody say position change. Hallelujah. God's love properly and, and absolutely position us in a place of victory. Hallelujah. Let's look at this next one. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Here we go. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, speaking of Christ. Verse 10, 
then you are complete in him. Somebody say position change. I was fragmented. I was lost. I was, I was forsaken. I was abandoned. I was, I, I, I was um, just caught up in the world, just doing whatever I felt like, however I felt like. Whatever I felt to do, I did. I was living in sin. Come on, can anybody relate to me here? But in Christ, you are now what? Complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Uh, Look at this, outside of Christ. We're talking about gray areas, but today we're talking about the absolute truth of God's word. There's no gray area in the love of God and his love for us. Hallelujah. Stay in this place. Fight for your position. Own it. Learn it. Read the word. What does the word of God say about his love? It, it, is, it, it is so comprehensive. It covers everything. The love of God. The love of God in Christ covers a multitude of sin. Check it out. Outside of Christ, what happens is we start to identify with, with, with something or someone. When, when our identity isn't placed on Christ, by nature, we will find something um, subconsciously or otherwise, and we will put our all in it, or all, all in what, I don't know, whatever it could be. It could be your success. It could be your boyfriend. It could be your girlfriend. My goodness, it could be your spouse. But I'm telling you right now, when, when we are positioned in Christ, we, it liberates us from placing identity in any other thing. And there's good things out there, but they don't deserve for us, (coughs) excuse me, they do not deserve for us to place the end all be all of our identity in. They do not have what it takes. God's love is unending and everlasting. He is the only one that is worthy of wrapping the entirety of our identity around and on. Somebody say amen. So no matter what or who it is, I'm going to call it this. It's a heresy identity. It is a counterfeit identity. It is a false identity. And it is the work of the the enemy. It is the work of the enemy for us to place our identity and our, (coughs) our, our everything. Who am I? Who am I and why am I here? If we use any other person, place, or thing to answer that question in this life, I'm telling you, we will head down a dark road of deception. It is Christ alone who completes us, as we just read. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form, and we are complete in him. In him, he holds all things together. Hallelujah. Once our identity is misplaced, it opens the door to deception and destruction. I know I am preaching good today. No gray areas with Christ and his love. No gray areas with who you are. No gray areas. Come on now. No gray areas. <coughs> Don't let the devil use anything to, to, that we would absorb and place the, 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 the why of our existence in this world in any other person, place, or thing other than Jesus. When our identity is aligned right, we can more adequately love people. All right, this is what we're getting to here. 
when my identity is skewed, I am not going to properly love people. When, when, when my why is not Christ alone and Jesus alone, I will treat people wrongfully eventually because I'm standing on unsure footing. Come on now. Come on now. Somebody say amen out there. All right. All right. I'm preaching good here. If we can't adequately love people, we must not have a proper view of God's love for us. If I can't adequately love people that are different than me, that struggle with things that I don't struggle with, that for whatever reason, if I that have a different political view than me, that are on a different uh, from a different neighborhood, different skin color, I don't know, fill in the blank. If I can't adequately love that person, I do not have an adequate view of God's love for me. When I have a clear picture, a true picture, according to the word of God, of God's unending love for me, that is the basis and foundation of how I can love others. When I have a twisted view of God, I will have a twisted view of humanity. Somebody needs to say amen. When I have a twisted view of God, when I have a twisted, distorted view of God and his love for me, I have a twisted and distorted view of who I am. Come on, let's get back to Jesus, church. Let's get back to the simplicity of the gospel. Let's just let the gray areas be the gray areas and let the absolute truth of God's love for us, that he has loved us with an everlasting love. When that is the basis, I'm telling you right now, when I'm going through something, when I'm going through a struggle in life and I begin to question God's love for me, I inadvertently don't treat people right. Can I be honest with you? But when God's love is real, when I am, when I am wrapped up in his love for me, I can adequately love people because it's his love in me. It's his love in me, his love loving through me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now. So, say this with me. Say, Jesus, help me to love people. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, show me your love for me. Say this. Say, Lord, if I'm missing anything concerning your love for me, reveal it, God. Show me your love for me. Reveal to me your unending, everlasting love for me so I can adequately love myself and love other people in Jesus' name. When our identity is aligned right, okay, we can more adequately love people. And our identities is nothing more or less than the value God has placed on us in Christ. That is who I am. I am eternally and absolutely loved by God himself. Hallelujah. That's the foundation. It's not what we do. It's not how spiritual we are. It's not how many books you've read. It's not how much the Bible you know. It's not how much you pray. Praise God for, for those things that we do. But that has nothing to do with identity. Everything has to do with who, what he did for us and who he is to us 
and what he's done for us and, and through the cross. That is it. That is it. That is the foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here it is. First John chapter four, verse seven and eight. First John four, verse seven and eight. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Come on now. We just got to get to know God better. Come on, if you have a trouble, if you have trouble loving certain people and you're just so frustrated with them, I'm telling you right now, you need to get to know God better. Somebody say amen. You get to get you need to get to get with God some more. Come on now. You need to you need to fall in love with Jesus again. You need to fall in love with Jesus again. Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. Come on now. Our, our identity is wrapped up in knowing God. When we get to know, when we know God and we're in God, guess what we're going to be? We're going to be some loving people. I'm telling you right now, when you got a church that don't know how to love people because of what they struggle with or because of where they are, or because of what they deal with or because of how they believe, when you got a church that can't love people, I'm telling you, we're missing it. When the church isn't known for love, I am telling you, that is a problem because a church that knows God is going to be a church that loves people. That is it. Love isn't just some nice little <clears throat> sleek marketing scheme to make people feel comfortable at, a, at your church, at a church building. The love of God in Christ. If we know God, we don't, we ain't going to have no problem loving people. I'm, I'm telling you, if we love God, we're going to have no problem loving people. If we love God, we're not going to have any problem loving people. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Hallelujah. When we see God for who he is, we then see ourselves for who we truly are. And we are then able to see others for who they really are, which is what? Loved by God. So even when we have to have hard conversations, even when we got to look at the truth of the word and say, man, this is the truth of the word. The basis must be love. The foundation must be love. The scripture says speaking the truth in love. You know what? We, we in Christ, <clears throat> we have no right to speak a truth to somebody we don't love and that the basis is in love. We're missing it. We're missing it. We're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk about some stuff this month, folks. But love is the basis. Love is the foundation. It's because we love. We don't want people to die in sin. We don't want people to, 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 to reap the consequences of their sin. We want people to know Christ, to be forgiven and washed. We don't need to, we don't need to compromise truth to love people. But I'm telling you right now, but to speak truth, we must, we must be in the love of God. It must be a reality. It must be a true reality uh, of our of our condition uh, of of the condition of our spirit. That that though that from the abundance of the heart the mouth would speak. Lord, forgive us if we've ever spoken truth, but there wasn't love in our heart when we spoke it. Lord, forgive us if we've ever spoken something that was true, but it actually produced more harm because love wasn't the basis. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the next point, folks. Identity impacts all of life, right? Our identity founded and based on God's love for us. It impacts our relationships. It impacts our ministry. It impacts our marriages. It impacts our children. Identity must be founded and reestablished and restored in Christ because I'm telling you what you find yourself standing on will impact all of your life will impact it. Here it is. 1 John 4, 11. Couple verses down, 1 John 4. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Beloved, if God, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Hallelujah. Look at when I find myself not standing on the absolute love of God for me, Hallelujah. It adversely affects my relationships. It breeds confusion, fear, and a lack of trust. Can I get an amen, somebody? Can anybody relate to me today? Can anybody relate to me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here it is, my, my, my last point here. This is my last point. Never waver from loving others. If, if, if you just got to go fix it, got, got to go get some time with God alone. Say, man, I need to fix this. I'm not loving somebody right. I'm not loving them. I'm not loving them. It's not coming out right. My words aren't coming out right. I need to go fix this. I'm telling you, this is the mark of, 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 the, of, the, of the church. This is the mark of Christ's followers. This is the purest mark of Christian living of a true Christian, a Christ follower, uh, uh, somebody that professes to be a follower of Christ, at the end of the day, if we miss it with love, we miss it everywhere. We miss it everywhere. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, and walk in love. Ephesians 5, verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us. Look at, there's the connection. Christ has loved us so I can walk in love. And walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. There are so many sensitive perspectives, ideologies, biases, and opinions out there today. Can I get an amen? Okay? But one approach, we as Christ followers do not have an option is in walking in love. That's what, we don't have that option. We don't have that right. We surrendered our rights. You might have a reason to re be revengeful, to be vengeful, to, to, you know, to pay back. You might have a reason, but we surrendered those rights at the altar. Somebody say amen. We surrendered those rights at the feet of Jesus. And now our privilege our right, our responsibility, our honor is that we choose love above all else, that we walk in the love of God. Hallelujah. The one approach we as Christ followers do not have an option is in the area of walking in love. This must be the defining mark of our lives. All right? 
Because as we look at, we as a community, my wife and I, we, we aren't trying to shy away at all from talking about what really matters and what's really going on in society. Anybody that's been with Hopeland Church, you guys know we're going to be real, right? We're going to talk about the things that are not easy to talk about. We're going to bring up those things. But I'm telling you right now, our, our, our ultimate goal and our vision right here, our hope is that people would encounter God and walk in freedom. And I'm telling you right now, is nobody going to encounter God if we bring up touchy issues and there's no love there. We bring up those things that we do need to be talking about and do need to be bringing into our gatherings and do need to be looking at the Word of God. What does the Word of God say concerning these things? What is the truth of the Word of God saying concerning these things? Yes, we're going to do that. But I'm telling you right now, before we do any of that, let's just let, let's all make sure before any of us do that, whether it's in a relationship, somebody in your family, somebody you disagree with, somebody you aren't getting along with, I'm telling you, go back and look at these scriptures concerning the love of God. The love of God in Christ must be the absolute foundation and basis for anything and everything we do or are known for as Christ followers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. Somebody say this with me. Say, Jesus, show me your love today. Jesus, fill me with your love today. Jesus, reveal your everlasting, unending, unconditional love to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't confessed Jesus to be Lord of your life, uh, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Uh, this is your moment. And so just join with me in receiving God's love for you. This, that this is what it is, is accepting how much Jesus truly loves you. And so if that's you today, repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I come to you a sinner. Forgive me. I turn from my sin and I turn from my sinful lifestyle. Forgive me. Wash away my sins in your precious blood. I confess you as Lord and I believe that God raised you from the dead. Save me and receive me as your own. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I rejoice with you today. I'm excited for you. This is the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. And if you want to grow in your faith, I want to send you a digital devotional. Uh, it's a seven-day Bible study on just the basics of walking with Jesus. And uh, we'll send that to you. So simply text the word GROW to 323-405-3232. And we will send that right to you. God bless you and have an amazing day. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.